I went from prison to private jets, man. Straight out the lab. Straight out the lab, joined today by my friend and something that's been planned for a long time. The fastest knockout in combat history, Uli Monster. Welcome to the show. Thank you, my brother. Great to see you, man. Great to have you here in the gym. Yes, I love it. Yeah, we are both... (laughs) We just talk about what happened yesterday. Yeah. We both are nursing little niggles. Yeah. My knees, your hamstring. Yeah, yeah. We played yesterday in the celebrity sweat football game, flag yeah. football. Yeah. But I think there was more injuries in that game than I think in some uh, professional football. There <laughs> football was. Football it, 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 it was It was a shit show. Shout out, first off, shout out to Celebrity Sweat. Shout out to Celebrity Sweat. Uh, amazing cause, amazing people behind the organization. I've been playing with them for for the last four years. I actually won MVP two years ago. No way. Yeah. I'm wow. A, I'm always on Team McGrady. Yeah. Yesterday, first play of the game, I told McGrady I'm going long. Ten steps down the field, I fucking feel some shit <laughs> popping in the back of my leg. <laughs> Didn't play yet. And yesterday was the first time I actually got to play with Ashley, with my fiance on the team. She did amazing. Caught some she balls. Did. She looked like a pro football player. She deserved the highest. She was out snapping. There. Yeah. She did great. I'm on the sideline fucking moping. Man, I feel like an asshole. <laughs> You've done a great job of pulling it, you're pulling it off. Thank you. It was, it was really until the second half I started looking at you and be like, I think he's done some of his hamstring because yeah. he was you slowed yourself down yeah, a little because yeah. there was only so much I think yeah. you could front. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, uh, yeah so just talking about the celebrity sweat thing, it was my first year this year and great organization. Great. There were so many people in the stands there that supported both myself and you and then the incredible cause of doing it for the vets. We both had uh, a great experience, even though we're all man nursing. <laughs> yeah. nursing we talk yeah. about the injuries before we wow. got on the podcast. Yeah. But the event itself was incredible. Great experience, as I said. Celebrities from all genres, from yeah, actors, yeah, DJs, yeah. yeah, and and Polly D had his fucking squad out oh there. Oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah. Cool. So there was something going on. I think they were doing some Jersey Shore, yeah, they and they had Polly D had the fat heads out, and he had all the kids yelling. I had my own cheer squad there. Unfortunately, it was very close to Polly D, so they might have been <laughs> drowned out, drowned out <laughs> a little bit. But I did hear my people yeah. sh- uh, shouting as well as I heard your people too, yeah, yeah. which you had uh, right in, actually behind me talking crap. Yeah. About because we were on opposing teams, which that's we right. did mention that's too. Right. That's right. So, Uli and me, and I've been friends now for quite some time when we were living in Florida. And obviously, you mentioned your amazing fiance, Ashley, who has been uh, a near and dear friend of mine for many a year. I've seen her rise in her path being a professional wrestler and an incredible wrestler at that too. And uh, when you guys got together, it made me so happy because, again, I, I've got to know you now more on the personal level. And know more about your story, and this is why I'm excited to bring you on the show to talk about that story because this has been truly earned. You have, again, an incredible story from through fighting and everything else, but there's much more to you. You have this incredible look, stature, scary at times. I've been seeing the, the bloodied up faces from the, <laughs> the wars that you get in, but you have another side that I've been privileged to to get to know, which is. A very gentle, very loving, and give inside too. And that to me is what separates you from the pack because we see you in the cage when that, that get, when you get locked in the cage or bare knuckle, which you know are fucking incredible. In there's a lot of po- trauma that powers that. And again, that story is one to be told on this show. But again, we just spoke about the celebrity sweat. But not only that, you just came 
off another bare knuckle win two That's weeks right. ago. That's right. And it was another bl- a bloody show. Right. And this guy's fucking Wolverine. I see him today. Yeah, you. What do you pick up, lads? You said you had a scar or something on your. Yeah, head. yeah. We, we, during the fight, I had a. I got a little headbutt because the guy was. We're, he was a lefty. I'm a righty. So that happens a lot. Yeah. So we headbutted. I had a cut on my head. Uh, but thank God, genetics and and just I, just I don't know, just life, man. I take care of myself and I heal up very good. Thank God. <laughs> do you heal up like Wolverine? <laughs> I think it was the next day I seen you. Yeah, you had your you you swelling and stuff, yeah. but geez, looking at the fight and then looking at you the next day, it's like, what the hell is in this blood? You should <laughs> we should start pulling this guy, yeah. pulling some vials out of this guy yeah. and, and put him in fucking <laughs> in storage. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and then what was it? Uh, a week later, you run the yeah. Ten days later, I ran a twenty six point two miles. I ran my first marathon. No no training whatsoever. Wow, just yeah. threw yourself right in. Threw myself right in. Yeah. So I want to talk about that later in the show, absolutely, because it has a massive meaning to it. And an incredible story at that. But talk, tell us about Uli. Oops, excuse me. Tell us a story about Uli and the beginnings of childhood. Absolutely. So, well, it's like an onion. It has layers. And sometimes I smell one too after the <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to tell you no different. And, and I want to tell you first, <coughs> thank you so much for this opportunity. You are a legend yourself. And it's amazing to be here with you. And it's amazing to call you a brother. So thank you for this opportunity. So starting at the beginning of my story, born and raised in Miami, Raised by a single mom. My mom has worked her ass off, still works her ass off. So as she worked her ass off to put clothes on my back and a roof over my head, I was a single child trying to figure things out on my own. I never had a male role model. And I always tell people, I don't say this for a pity trip, for a, for a pat on the back or nothing. I never had an uncle, never had a cousin, never had a dad, never had a stepdad, nothing like that. So I never had a male role model tell me, hey, kid, look, you're good at this. Stay away from this. And I never had that. I had to figure it out on my own. Along the way, my friends became my family. I grew up with these with certain guys, and they weren't, that's your friend. No, that's my brother. You know what I mean? That's my brother. But I always had, I always liked to dabble in, in the bad stuff. It, it always called, it called my attention. So at a young age, I'd get in trouble. I always fought. I, I, was, I like to tell people that this is the truth. I was never a bully. I was never out there picking on people who couldn't fight. My mom worked late hours, so I on my bus driver would keep me on the bus till 6 or 7 o'clock at night. So I'd go from elementary school, where I was supposed to get dropped off, I'd be picking up middle school kids and high school kids on the bus, and I'm picking fights with these grown kids. And, and I was a knucklehead. They chased me out of the bus, stomped me out, and beat me up. And I was a kid who just kept coming back. I was never scared. I kept coming back. And it gets to the point where maybe they weren't scared of me because I know I was a little kid, but they're like, this guy's fucking different Yo, don't even fuck with him he's like a he doesn't quit and i kept that i always had that in me and i was the anti-bully if i did see somebody getting bullied in school i'd go pick on the bully and i was just growing up in the streets of miami i, I as i got into middle school and teenage years i, I dabbled in bagging up a little weed and, and and doing my things in the street then in high school you get a little bigger the fights get a little more serious i got expelled from high school for fighting in school I got sent to juvenile detention center, did some time in juvenile detention center. As a young man, when I turned 18, a guy I grew up with, he had told me, hey, man, I'm going to the Coast Guard. You should look into the Coast Guard with me. We'll go together on this buddy program. And again, for my friends, these are my family. I'm like, you know what? Let's do it. So I went from like on the streets, gang life, to the military. I went and joined the buddy program with him, went to Cape May, New Jersey, where the, the boot camp is for Coast Guard. Got through the Coast Guard. In, Coast, in the Coast Guard boot camp, there's a million stories there where I got in trouble, They'd call me out. I got sent to this jail in boot camp where they put you with a pink belt and you got to march screaming to the top of your lungs. Left. 
And when I graduated from boot camp, all the instructors, they would come to me and they told me, Diaz, I knew you could do it. We used to pick on you on purpose just to fuck with you, but we knew you to could do it. Try and break you. Yeah, try and break me. And, but even as a kid, I knew the mentality of, I know, what I'm, I know what I'm stepping into. They're trying to fuck with me. So then I was in the Coast Guard, got in a fight in the street. This was when I was 23 years old. I, I got sent to prison. So I was, as a young man, I went to 2004, five and six. I was in prison for fighting on the street. Fight got me into a bunch of trouble. Got me, again, put in juvenile detention centers. I went to prison as a young man. I came out of prison. I already had two kids. I, I had a stepkid, and I had my daughter already. I come out. I grew up with Pitbull. That's my brother still to this day. The rapper, yeah, the singer, Pitbull. That's my, my brother still singer. to this day. Yeah. We've been, he's been, me and him have been best friends since we're 11 years old. Lived together many times. So in 2006, when I come out, it's like he's on the rise at that time. I got out in May. He comes and sees me and tells me, hey, I'll give you, take May to yourself, hang out with the family. In June, you're going on the road with me. So I like to tell people, I went from prison to private jets, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in May 2006, I came out of prison. In June, I was in Seoul, South Korea. I was in Antwerp, Belgium. I was in Milan, Italy. I was in Okinawa, Japan. I went through all the United States. I was working security, quote unquote, head of security for my best friend. Something I was doing for free my whole life. He's paying me. Uh, I'm staying in hotels and there's women all around the world. There's everything. It was a great time. I'm with the man. So I did that for a couple of years. But back then, he wasn't what he is now. So the pay wasn't as steady. Mm. Again, I, I know I'm trying to raise kids. I'm trying to figure myself out still. And I start dabbling back on the streets out of respect for him. I, we had a meeting and I told him, look, man, I'm still doing this. He and he's fucking great brother that he is. He's man, get out of that shit. I'm telling you, we got this opportunity here. I didn't see it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I didn't see it. Uh, and it's hard for people to see somebody else's dream. You know yeah. what I mean? So I stayed in the streets. He fucking rocketed up. <laughs> and I, when I go speak to kids, I tell them the stories. I'm like, look, you got two guys that grew up together. Yeah. One followed his path and he fucking went like this. And I bumped into every wall <laughs> he could on the way up. Thank God I was able to turn it around. But uh, to get to the to, to where I'm at now is in 2000, 2016, February 2016. I was I had been in Colorado doing. I was part of the Green Rush and I was doing my thing there. And then sorry, what is the Green Rush? Growing yeah. over here in Colorado. I was part of that over there. And then I had come to Miami and I got in. I got caught up in some shit, man. Where I got in trouble down here in Miami, and that started. It was a blessing in disguise. At the moment, I thought my life was over. I thought I was going back to prison. I, thought I was looking at a long time. I turned my life around, started, I'm like, I got, now I got scared. Now I'm out on bond. I'm like, fuck, I need to, I, I can't be doing what I'm doing anymore. I get caught up, it's over. That's it. They're going to fucking melt the key and I'm done. <laughs> I got into boxing. I had been training already. I had always been training. I did amateur boxing as a 18, 19, 20-year-old kid. Now I, you know, I get back into fighting, come back to Miami. I'm training at Fifth Street Gym. Shout out to them. They're like family. That's my gym. And this is November and December 2016. Right before New Year's of 2017, I told my coach, hey, man, I think I'm ready for a fight. He's like, you sure? Like, okay, cool. Three days later, I come back. All right, look, your first fight is January 27th, 2017. This is fucking three weeks away in Dominican Republic. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> All right. I had the, it's a reality check. And I went to Dominican Republic, fought, got a first round knockout, man. I remember when I hit this dude and I sit him on his ass. And then they come, they raise my hand. I had a couple of my, I had some family and friends there. And it was just the biggest rush of life, Flex. You know what I mean? It was the biggest rush. I'm sure you felt it when you're on stage and they say, James Flex Lewis is the fucking winner. It's, a, it's this weird moment where you just like, and that's what I felt. I, I just felt this elating moment. 
It was your purpose. It was my. It was like my. It was my purpose. And so I got back to Miami. Kept training. I was still 50-50. I was still on the fence. Where I was still on the street and still. I was trying. Still trying to figure it out. But being at the boxing gym made me really accountable because the days I would miss, my coach would call me and be like, "Hey, hey what's going on with you?" And they knew where I was at, so they were trying to keep me out of that shit. Yeah. Hey, what are you doing? How come you weren't at the gym today? You all right? Everything good? Like, yeah, yeah, okay. And I'm a guy who I'm big on my word. If I give you my word, I'm gonna. Uh, I right. gotta be it. So, got me more in the gym. About about a year into it, now a year into it, I'm like five and zero in boxing. I'm like, you know what? It's either this or that. I'm like, fuck the streets. I gotta get the fuck out of here. For my, not only not fuck myself, more for my kids. I want to see my kids grow up. I want to give them a good life. Mm. I want them. I've been hiding my whole life from my kids, so now I want to give them something to be proud of me about. So I left that shit behind, and man, it's been an amazing journey. I'm fourteen and one. In boxing, I had 13 knockouts. I am uh, four and two in bare knuckle. I fought for the world title two times. Came up short, but I fought some legends. Uh, I have the fastest knockout in combat sports history. I've got I'm two and one in, in MMA. Excuse me. And life is amazing, man. I get opportunities like this to talk to you. I'm, I'm playing football in Celebrity Sweat. I, I'm traveling the world. My fiance is a, an amazing, beautiful woman. She's an angel. She's been God sent. And life has really turned around for me, man. It's, it's gotten great. And it feels, like, and not to get religious, but I do believe in God. And I feel like God has really always been telling me, man, like the moment you give all this bullshit up, you're yeah. going to see what your life does. And I gave it all up and it went boom. So, so let, let's take us back to that pivotal moment yeah. where you were 50 50. Right. What things did you change for you to just be all in? <sighs> the most important thing I changed was I stopped answering my phone for everybody including my mom including my family i put my phone away that was something that that was a source of anxiety for me was my phone because i'd be training and i'd hear my phone ring and i'm thinking i'm missing out on fucking money or something mm. i'd be you know pop, 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 hitting the gym like, oh shit i gotta and so first thing i did was leave my phone alone stop answering phone calls for any so-called friends or family because believe it or not even people who care about you will drag you out of drag you out of it. They're not trying to get you into anything bad, but they'll get you out of your zone. So I stopped that maybe for I want to say a good four to six months. I didn't answer fucking anybody's calls. That people had to come check on me. My mm. mom would be like, "Yo, you okay? You okay?" I'm like, "Yeah." I just I don't want to fuck with nobody. I gotta focus. That to me was the most important thing. Was that hard? It was very hard. It was very hard because I was the guy who was always on the streets. I did everything. I was well known on the streets already. So you get that that FOMO, the fear of missing out. So you're sitting at home, you're not doing shit. Like, Fuck! I wonder what everybody's doing. Then you go on Instagram and you see it. And yeah, and everybody has their proudest moments on Instagram. And then you call them. And, oh no, man! I was, you know, I was fucking. I just took a picture. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. The rest of the night sucked, but I got over it. I got over it. And and again, at through this time, I'm training. I'm fighting. I got my my now. He's ten years old, but at the time he was a little little baby. He was four, five, six years old. And he's with me. He's so proud of me. And I got my nephew, too. My nephew's more like my son than he is my nephew. You call him your son, not me. Yeah, I call him my son, exactly. So he's, they're so proud of me. They're in the gym with me every day. Everybody knows them. In my gym, Fish Street Gym, is, it's world famous, man. I got Absolutely. all types of people walking through there. So they're, it's amazing. Yeah, I got famous people that know my name. <laughs> and it gives me the, the, the sense of being somebody. Being somebody. And I, I don't got to hide who I am no more. And so the most important, back to your question, most important thing to me was just cut myself off from the world. Just, yeah. just focusing on what I needed to do. And some of these people you grew up with, as you said, you call them family, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still to this day, man. Still to this day, I get I, they call me all the time. They text me, and I don't text back. And I send messages through people. Hey, let them know I love them, man, because I yeah. do. I love you, and it's no hard feelings. But you're still doing what you do, 
and I got to stay over here, brother. And, and it's not that I'm afraid I'll go back because I know where I'm at now. I can never look back. But I just do your thing, brother. I don't want to get caught up in any phone calls. I don't want to get caught up in any conversations. None of that shit. And I'm very happy where, where, I, where I am. And now I've been, with, I've been with Ashley now for four years. She's had a lot to do with that because when she came in, she, I want to say, for lack of better words, she taught me how to like, hey, look, man, you're not better than people, but you're better than that. You got to figure out how to. And she came from a world where she was on TV and she was a, a star in her own. So she taught me how to how to handle myself in, in the right situations. Such as what? Like on TV or just in general? No, in okay. general. Yeah, in general. I for example, I'd go out and, and I'd hang out with some friends and we'd be out somewhere and in public and I'd be drinking or something. She'd come up, she'd like, she'd look, you're, you, like, these guys, nobody knows these guys. Everybody knows you. So you're out there with a fucking taking picture with a beer in your hand or a drink in your hand. Like, you're better than that. Let's try to fix these things up. Let's try to clean up. And the good thing about, not to brag or nothing like that, but the good thing about me is that I can take criticism very well. So mm. I can, I, I'm a guy who can look in and be like, you know what? You're fucking absolutely right. I wow. I could do better than that. Now, I'm not a guy who'd be like, oh, what do you mean? Or try to fight it. A lot of people do. No, I'd be like, you know what? You're fucking absolutely right. I, I am better than that. I can do better. And not only, fuck whoever's watching on Instagram or shit. I got my kids watching me. And I don't need to have a vape in my hand or a fucking drink in my hand. Because mm. they're little kids. They're like, oh, dad, you're... They see me as a Superman athlete. Absolutely. They're like, what do you got that? What are you doing with that, dad? You told me that's bad. What are you doing? Slowly but surely, I've gotten to where I'm at now where I don't drink. I don't smoke. I've, I have I live a very healthy life. I got I got a great fiance, great, great mom to my kids. And, and just a great foundation, great yeah. people around me, pushing me up at all times. You mentioned faith earlier. Was that something that grew stronger? That definitely grew stronger. So back in 1999, when I've been through, my mom and I have, have been through every religion, me through my mother. I'm Cuban, nationality, so that's a, a Catholic, that's mostly Catholic. So we started off there, going to the church every once in a while, Christmas and Easter and stuff. Then we've, we've transitioned through different things, through different religions. And then in 1999, I was about 18 years old, and I was getting, I was in and out of trouble. This is right before I went to the Coast Guard and stuff. In and out of trouble and fighting and getting arrested and, and getting sent to the juvenile detention center where some lady came to my mom and said, man, have you, have you, Christianity, have you tried uh, Jesus Christ? I was like, you know what, I got nowhere else to turn. Let me try this guy Jesus. Let me see what he's all about. <laughs> From that moment on, my mom's an ordained minister now. She's a no pastor. Way. Yeah, yeah. Me and our mom, we pray at all times. Wow. And it's gotten deeper for me. She's super into it where my mom, she's even part of a church. She's... She's huge into it. I don't go into church as much, but I, I believe I pray every day. I give thanks every day over my food. If it at least it brings bring it to the least thing I do is thank you, Jesus. And I know that where I'm at today has a lot to do with all my mom's prayers. And because it has to be somebody up there that's been driving this car, man, because I've seen many people next to me, just like I'm sure you have along the way. A lot of people just fall, man, just yeah. fall either rest in peace or, or they're behind bars or just many fucking different stories, you know? Mm. And, and mine has, I, I've been able to chug along. It's been hard. I've crashed into a couple walls. But that's what happens to, that's what happens to God's warriors. He gives them some hard battles. And we're here today to talk about them. I love it. You mentioned in a couple, because obviously we follow each other. So on your Instagrams and social media, you're very open and honest talking about many different things, faith included. Um, talking about your failures, which most people only post highlight reels. It goes back to what we said earlier. But I remember watching something where you said, I put my mom through hell. 
And now, obviously, the relationship you have is, is so beautiful. You always talk about your mom. You talk, you're, you're a great dad. i got to preface that. You always put, talk about your family and how much motivation that is to you. But obviously, your, your mom being in your corner for everything, even when you were a little bit of a naughty boy too, right? Absolutely. I'm sure she's so proud now. Even watching, I got to meet her yesterday. Probably one of the bigger fan clubs you have over there with the kids. But now seeing you, in this new part of your life, I'm sure she's, wow, I'm so proud of you. She, she's extremely proud of me, over the top proud. But more than anything, she's relaxed now. She's, so I, nice. I, I let her relax. Where before I had her on, on edge, her, if her phone went off fucking past 10 o'clock at night, she'd jump up and she, she didn't know what the next call was about. So she's definitely in a great headspace. She's good. She sees, again, I have Ashley's an angel. She And her and my mom are like best of friends. And my mom and her family which is our family, has, have become best of friends. That's another blessing that, that everybody just became great. I, and, and when I first got with Ashley, and Ashley's like, oh, look, this is the guy I'm talking to right now. Like any parent, <laughs> yeah. like, who's the guy? They Google me. I, I, know, I know my look, which I love about me because I'm an oxymoron because I know I look a certain way. I have the gold teeth. I had the dreadlocks back then, remember? I got the scars all over my face. I got the tattoos everywhere. But I take pride in being the nicest guy you can meet. And I go out of my way to be the nicest guy. And you can be an asshole. And I'll go out of my way to be nice to you. Now, like anybody, we all have the limitations. Yeah. We're like, okay. Light in the you. sun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I go out of my way to be the nicest person to everybody. I like to, to I take pride in that. Yeah. So, you know, once once we got to meet and everything. And now, you know, the family, their mom and dad. Of course. Yeah. And her parents are salt of the earth, too. Salt of the earth. Amazing so, people. Salt of the earth people, yeah. I absolutely. love it. Yeah. I love it. We mentioned, obviously, the kids. Yeah. And being yeah. just a massive drive for you. And recently... Your son just beat cancer, and that was one of your massive drives for many different things. Now, I didn't know that your boy was going through this, yeah. and as much as you post, I guess I missed this. But what a warrior! What a warrior! Can you talk? Tell us about what, yeah. what he went through. Yeah, yeah, this is where the fucking waterworks started. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, we didn't post any about this shit on Instagram. No, no GoFundMe's. No fucking pray for my kid. No, none of that. We handled it internally through family. Yeah, and he is a warrior. He the fight he just won is has fucking nothing compared to anything I've ever been through in my life. And he's only ten years old. So I'll tell you, in 2022, the end of it, maybe November, December, my son plays tackle football and he plays basketball. So late in 2022, he was complaining about his quad, like a little like a soreness in his quad. So. Again, he plays tackle football. He plays basketball. I'm thinking he got Charlie horse. Like he, somebody hit him. Excuse me. I'm thinking somebody hit him or something with a knee or something. Gradually got a little worse. I got to the point where he wouldn't let anybody touch it. Who's that? Oh shit! That might be. Is that my phone? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Uli has got his alarm on, saying. Back. We we prolonged the tears. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe you set that alarm. I think my phone knew it was coming. Yeah. So yeah. So late 2022, he had complained about it again. I thought it was a Charlie horse. I thought it was something to do with his sports. Beginning of 2023, he still complained about it. He wouldn't let, let anybody touch it. So I take him to his primary early in 2023, and his primary doctor has been a doctor for almost 40 years. I know the guy for over 20 years. Great doctor. So I'm like, hey, doc, this is happening. He's like, oh, no, that's nothing. That's, that's growing pains. You sure? Yeah, yeah, it's growing pains. 
shit, okay, it's growing pains. After that, he's still complaining about it. I take him to another friend that's a physical therapist. My son's dad, don't let him touch it. Wow. And the last thing you're thinking is it's cancer. You know what I mean? That's the last thing you're thinking. I'm like, come on, son, let him put some little electrical patches on it. And he's like, dad, please don't let him touch it. I'm like, all right, cool. A couple weeks go by. As I'm dro- When I'm dropping my son off at school, he's fucking, now he's limping out of my car. I called the primary. I told him, hey, doc, I need, uh, I need MRIs. He's like, oh, no, it's not like that. You need x-rays. You know how to go. They go the mm. insurance run around they give you. I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. I go and I pick him up from school. Me and Ashley pick him up from school. I take him straight to the hospital emergency, and I take him to do x-rays. By the time I get him back, so I take him to do x-rays. By the time I get him back to school, they send the results over to his primary. His primary calls me and tells me, hey, they found a lesion on his femur bone. I need you to take him back to the hospital. I'm like, oh, shit, okay. So I pick him up from school. Did you know the severity of this at this point? I had time? no idea. Okay. I had no idea. And he tells me, take him to oncology. I didn't even know what oncology was. I got to Google it. And that's a cancer doctor. So I'm like, fuck is this? So I take him back. His birthday is March 3rd. So he had his 10th birthday, March 3rd. He had a great time with his friends, but it was a pool party. All his friends are like tackle football friends are playing football. He's mostly in the pool and he's like, limping around. So now this is like March 8th or 9th. We take him to the, you know, to, the, the primary tells me, I take him back. They tell him, okay, we gotta, we're going to run scans on him on, on Monday. So they send me home with a walker. Sunday, the 11th, no, I'm sorry, the 12th of March. My, the 12th of March is the Sunday. I'm taking him out just to, to waste, no, just to have him get his mind off things. He's on a walker. He hurts himself. He's just walking. Oh, dad, my legs. I gotta, I'm in a parking lot. I got to run and get my car. Come put him in the car. We go back to emergency. We stay in the hospital Sunday. Monday the 13th in the morning, they run MRIs, CAT scans, PET scans, and they do a biopsy. The next day, March 14th, that's my birthday. That was my 42nd birthday. In the morning, they're like, happy birthday. Your son has osteosarcoma. It's a cancerous tumor in his femur bone. We need to start chemotherapy immediately. 10 weeks of chemotherapy. He has surgery. We've got to remove his femur bone. And then, and then it's 18 more weeks of, of chemotherapy after he heals from the surgery. We started that immediately, man. And Nicholas, shout out to Nicholas Children's Hospital, to all the nurses on the sixth floor with the kids. They're freaking amazing, man. With their angels. We started chemotherapy. The first question my son asked the girl who's explaining to him what's going on and what cancer is and chemo. And he's am I going to lose my hair? <laughs> She's like, yeah, you're going to lose it. You're going to lose your hair. It's something that comes with it. Wow. He's like, all right. So I had... My boy, shout out to Zeus too. He came over my barber and, he, and when he's in the hospital, we shaved our heads. I shaved my head. I had long hair. I shaved my head. All of us shaved our heads. My coach in, in boxing shaved his head. Wow. Yeah. So we started 10 weeks of chemotherapy. Then, then he did surgery in, in May of 2023. He had a surgery. This is where they remove his femur bone. Let me go, let me go back real quick. Before this happened, so the, the tumor is eating through your femur bone. It makes it brittle. So one day we're at home and his femur... It doesn't. It, it it breaks, but it doesn't just break. It, it collapses on itself. Then he's in a, in a cast called a spica cast, which goes around your waist and all the way down one leg, all the way down your ankle. He had that for six or seven weeks. Had to live through that. So then we do surgery where they remove his femur bone. They put a cadaver bone. They took his fibula out. They put his fibula inside the cadaver bone, so it re, it would regenerate his DNA faster. They put that. So he has a scar from his hip all the way down to his ankle. He hasn't walked in over a year. He's learning how to walk now. He, we just went to the doctor not too long ago. They said he could put full weight bearing on it. Thank God for that. He's walking a little bit on it. He did 18 more weeks of chemo after that. And and that's it, man. He rang the bell in November, so he's cancer-free. We just did some scans last week. He's We did scans when he got out. He rang the bell. He's cancer-free. And then we did some other scans just recently. 
cancer free. Thank God he's, he's yeah man. Wow. Yeah. Where were you during this time period of fight then? Were you was were you having fights on? So February of 2023, I fought in London. I was a co-main event for Floyd Mayweather. Fought in London. In March is when he gets diagnosed. He had a surgery in May. They had called me to be the co-main event for Floyd Mayweather versus Gotti in Florida. My son had five weeks off from surgery before he started chemo again, and it land, the fight landed in that time. So he got he, he got to come see me there. His surgeon came to my fight. We had, had him all front row, ringside. My son, the surgeon, everybody. Uh, so I got the fight. That was the, that was when Floyd Mayweather and Gotti fought. That there was like a huge rumble. It was yeah. crazy. Yeah, so I, I got the fight. I fought twice, and honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you the truth. This and not too many people know this. The only reason I took that fight was because I hadn't made any money that year except in February. So I'm like, I need to make a couple of bucks. This is on the table for me. I took the fight, made a couple of dollars. Didn't look good in the fight whatsoever. And shout out to 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 Callis Kareem over in London. That was my opponent. He looked great. He did his job. But yeah, man, I, I got beat up that fight. I, I took that fight on. on just, I, I came out of the hospital room. Went, fought, and came back to the hospital. and uh, But whatever, we got it done. And and he got to ring the bell in November, and he's cancer-free. Yeah, so I only took those. I only took one fight dur- during that time, and that was mm. right after he had the surgery. Where was your mind at in that fight? Were you there? <sighs> Honestly, I wasn't, man. Honestly, mm. I, I, I was. That was another time where I was 50-50, where I, I'm in the fight. And the fight game somewhere where you got to be present at all times because you're getting punches thrown at you. But I wasn't in any type of shape. I... I, I, I Telling you, I'd sleep in the hospital. We're sleeping in the hospital. I'd wake up at five in the morning, go to my boxing gym, be there about six, get a couple rounds in, be back to the hospital by eight in the morning. So that way, when my son's waking up, he's not. He's. I'm not missing. He's there. Mm-hmm. I never missed a beat while he was going through any of his things. I was by his side. Ashley and I were by his side through his whole entire ride. My mom was there, and again, all the nurses on the sixth floor that. They. That's what they deal with. The oncology unit and, and Nicholas Children's Hospital were right there. They were amazing. What did you learn from your son during this battle with cancer? Man, I learned. I never had a doubt on how strong he was, but this is just, this is just, it's, it's, he got battle tested and he came out the other end as a winner. I learned how precious life is. Mm-hmm. How, again, he, the day they told me I had cancer, the day everything started was my birthday. So imagine we had plans, dinner plans, we had, and it shows you that, that life is like that. There's no plans. There's a saying that say you make plans and God laughs. And that's something that ran through my head all the time because, again, we're just we're planning some dinner for my birthday and this and that and the other. And no, brother, no, this is what life is. And it, it taught me how the closest, most important people around me, how great they are for my family, how they were there every step of the way. And, again, we handled it. We didn't tell any of our close friends. We didn't tell anybody. We didn't tell anybody. We you know, didn't post any pictures. Didn't. Nobody really knew until recently when I won my fight. My, my son came up and... and Oh, because I brought another kid that he's battling with cancer for the last three years. Brought him on stage and gave him and his family tickets. He's been going through it for three years fighting. Wow. Yeah, it, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. It's crazy when you're, you know, as life goes, as you go through life, you find out people have cancer. You're like, fuck, that's crazy. Damn, I'll pray for them. What can I do to help? But when it hits close to home, it's holy shit. It, it's a whole different story. Yeah, you have more more empathy to hearing other people's news exactly right? exactly it's so close to home my, my mother obviously went through cancer and, and it was uh, a wild time by the way congratulations on not fucking crying 
Yeah. I thought I thought you you were coming close. The the alarm broke. The alarm broke. The, broke it up. I think you got saved by the it bell. Did, no pun did, intended. I started fucking tearing up. Right? We started bringing it up like, oh shit. Yeah, it goes. And that alarm went off. I think somebody was listening. He was like, okay, we're gonna keep Uli Macho here. Shout out to to Apple. <laughs> but in the ring, you spoke about that. You brought your son in. You made the announcement, and you announced to the world that your son is now cancer free. Yeah. And that's the first time I found out about it. No, I'm telling you, I had. My closest friends, like people I I speak to on a daily basis, and I would never tell somebody, hey, I'm at the hospital, my kid, I'm going through this, I'm going through nothing, nothing. I just we just handled it. I didn't. I'm a guy that throughout my life, I, I've never. That's why I said at the beginning when I told you I didn't grow up with any male role model. First thing I said was like, I don't want a pity trip. I've always been like that. I, mm-hmm. But yesterday, I fucking blew my hamstring. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, oh. I didn't say anything. I've just it's something that's been instilled in me. I don't want the. I don't want the pity trip. I don't want the, I don't know what it is in me. I guess some past trauma where I don't want somebody saying, oh, this happened because of that. Yeah, I just never brought it up to anybody. We we handled it internally. Thank God for insurance. And thank God that I'm far from rich, but I'm in a, I'm in a place where, where things can get handled internally. Yeah, and obviously we got to see him yesterday yeah. and talk. he talked some shit to me because I was on the opposing team. <laughs> yeah. Definitely the apple doesn't fall far from the tree no, in a nice way. He was very respectful. Yeah, and one thing I will say about this is, you obviously had a different upbringing and seemingly your kids have been steered away. I don't know if that's the right word, but they know your story. Being open and honest about them. You don't, obviously you, you represent the 305 passionately, hence the t-shirt you're wearing right Absolutely. now. But then there's also a lot of people that as they get older too, who is your dad, they want to get in the click and cool. How, how are you installing your boys with, kind of the knowledge to steer away from some of the temptations that you grew up with? I tell them what I went through. I, I don't hold anything back when it comes to, to, to my life. I, I tell them what I went through. We go through pictures, and I show them pictures of me in prison, and they know I had no dad. They know I had no uncle. Mm-hmm. They know I had no, what they have as me in their yeah. life. I didn't have any of that. I tell them how I am. my job is to keep them away from everything I did and for them to have a better life. And, and do as do right by them as much as possible. That's my job in life is, is to do right by them. Keep them out of any danger that I can. Of course, you want them to figure things out on their own, but you want to school them to, to what they're going to figure out. Like, hey, look, this is going to come. Like, as a recent thing, my son and my sons, basically, my son and my nephew, they, they had this little friend. Look, he's an head, and he and remember, they're all young. They're all 10-year-old little kids, but... This little kid's kind of disrespectful. So I told him, listen, do me a favor. Block him on block him on your whatever little social media you have him, TikTok and all this. Block him on that. Block his phone number and take him off all the little group chats that they have. Because that's what these little kids yeah. do. Take him off that. I go, the worst thing you could do to somebody, and this is from experience. Worst thing, I could go beat you up, but then guess what? I feel wrong about what I did. But if I go and I beat you <laughs> up about, about me being mad about you about something, yeah, okay, I might have won the fight, but I feel bad for what I did. It wasn't <clears> something that, that I'm going to feel good about. The way, the worst thing I could do to you is stop being your friend and stop talking to you. So I told him, that's what you're going to do. You're going to stop. And the worst thing you do to him is he's going to lose you as a friend for being that way. Yeah. And, and sure enough, we're, it's, the kid's feeling it. And we're not trying to punish anybody because the kid, he's a kid too. But that's one of the lessons I've, I've taught my son. Listen, you don't, don't put up with anything. And then if you feel like you do something, the worst thing you could do to somebody is just cut them off. Yeah. yeah. There's, excuse me. There's a lot of life's lessons that I've just had are going to be learned from a 10-year-old. He's already lived probably 
you know, hell of a story compared right. to anybody on the, many people on this earth going through the battle he's done. Have you seen a change in him now coming out through the other side of this from cancer? Absolutely. My my son, the thing about my son, he's always been like an, an older soul. He's, he likes older hip-hop music. <laughs> he's very intelligent. He gets great grades in school. He can hold a conversation like he's an adult. But yeah, he knows what he went through. And it helps when guys like you and Tracy McGrady, which he looks up to, he's a basketball player. All these guys that they come and they, they know that he went through this. And they're like, man, you're a freaking warrior. It's amazing what you went through. The rest of your life, compared to what you just went through, mm-hmm. it's going to be easy. You're only 10 years old. So yeah, I know he, I know he takes that in. He, it, it's hard to understand what that means right now. But I know once he gets to 15, 20, 25, he he's going to look back at his time and be like, yeah, Absolutely. You guys were right. Absolutely. Shifting from one fight yeah. to another, yeah. fastest knockout. My guy, I remember watching that. Right. And I was like, shit, it's over already. <laughs> Talk us through that event and what was different about that fight than any other fight. All right. So I'll tell you, that was during the COVID year. That was November of 2020. COVID hit actually March 13th. My birthday was a Saturday that year, March 14th. It's Friday that year, my coach took another fighter to Minnesota. And that was the first fight they had with no crowd inside an arena. Oh, that's weird, right? My birthday the next day, I, w- I was at the beach. Then we were supposed to have a dinner, and guys were going, yeah, I'm not going to make it. You heard about this COVID stuff? And I was like, what? <laughs> but then it got serious. So I built a whole ri- gym in my backyard. I had a ring. I had bags. By just a coincidence, at the time, my coach at the time was my backdoor neighbor. So we'd literally walk around the <laughs> block. Yeah, great guy. Shout out to Commander Zero. So I was back there training. Everybody saw that. They call it three seconds. It was less than, than two. But it, it was a lot of training to get to those three-second knockouts. In 2020, I never stopped training. Like I said, in my backyard, we trained on a daily basis, got ready. I studied my opponent. He was a taller guy. I noticed that when people would attack him, first thing he'd do is put his chin in the air and try to put his hands out. And I go, man, coach, I'm going to rush this guy. And if he does that, mm-hmm. I'm going to knock him out. And, man, it came. I'm telling you, I have great videos of before the fight. I have a video of Ashley saying, they come up to Ashley and Ashley, this, this is the day before the fight. I have mm-hmm. a video. I would love to show you. I'll send it. Maybe yeah, we'll put it on B-roll. I, I would love it. You'll see it. Go, Ashley, what do you, how do you think this fight's going to go? She goes, ding, ding, the bell rings. He comes in. She goes, maybe 15, 20 seconds, knockout. Wow. Fastest knockout. He wins. It's over. <laughs> I beat it by, by 12, 15 seconds, but... It, it was amazing, man. The walkout um, was fucking... The yeah, announcement yeah. of your name was fucking longer. Yeah, exactly. Uli Monster was... Exactly. And that moment in that that moment in history was like a lightning strike, man. It, it made my name ring bells around the world. It made me go viral. The next day I had calls from France, Russia, Japan, everybody, media. I did Radio Row for a couple months after that because of the knockout. I still get recognition because of the knockout. And it's as an athlete or just as anybody in life, I think sometimes you wonder what's going to be my moment in life. What am I going to leave? How's my legacy going to get left behind? And that was my moment. That was my moment where I hit him on the button, lightning struck, and and I left my legacy on earth that day. Man, I I think you nearly injured yourself in in the the post celebration. I I think you just went, I don't think you knew what to do. No, so I I was saying I was going to be on on Sports Center's top 10 and then Sports Center's not so top 10. And three seconds later, I almost knocked myself (laughs) off jumping over the ring. Yeah. Yeah. You jumped up and I don't know if you fell over or you caught yourself. Yeah, my my feet got caught on the top rope and I flipped right on my face. Wow. (laughs) But I didn't feel it. I was so happy. Yeah. Yeah. That door, that clip. I can remember that happening. I watched it live. 
and the next complete week. This probably wasn't a sports channel that didn't highlight that. Yeah. Joe Rogan sp- speaking yeah. about it yeah. from ESPN to yeah. fucking hell, CNN Sports. It was everywhere. It was amazing. It, was it, was, it must have been a crazy time where, shit, just being able to see yourself that knockout over and over again. It, it was amazing. It, it still it still goes viral. There's people send it to me all the time. Have you from, seen this? <laughs> yeah. From, they say, like, hey, tag him, and somebody tags me on it. Yeah. But yeah, man, like I said, it was just it was just my moment in time. It was my moment in time. And again, people only see those three seconds. It was a lot of training going behind that. There was yeah. a lot of training. There was a lot of studying. There was a lot of work done for that to happen. Yeah. you might, I just want to go back on something you mentioned, COVID. How did you stay motivated during that period of time because a lot of athletes friends of ours they got into some deep depressions yeah. they lost their way they lost their foot and they couldn't train some of them couldn't get into gyms obviously conveniently you had something in the backyard and obviously your coach was backing up to you but right. how were you able to stay focused knowing that nobody had any answers to when the next person was fighting you know what look again a blessing in my life is Ashley She's, she was with WWE at the time WWE was an essential business so she was still working so we're working out every day and it's great when you have a partner that does this basically she's a she's a professional athlete as well so we're in the same business and it was great and and like i said i'm telling you we had a whole gym we had a, a boxing ring back there we had bags we had i bought a treadmill so we never missed a beat and having her as a life partner she's just she's very motivating and she's somebody that doesn't need a push to do what she does like mm-hmm. sometimes I have my days where I'm like, man, I'm tired. I don't feel like going back there. And I see her. She doesn't. She not a peep. Goes out there, gets her little headbuds on, goes into trouble, gets her shit. I'm like, I can't fucking let her work out by herself. I gotta get back there. And, and they, like anything else, those days are the best because then you work out, you get it done. You're like, I'm glad I did that. I yeah. would have felt like shit if I didn't. So I'm glad yeah. I did it. And uh, yeah, we got through COVID, and it was the beginning of our relationship. Me and Ashley got together late 2019. So oh. COVID hit early in our relationship so we really figured out if we wanted to be with each other because we're trapped in the house nothing to do together and we figured out yeah we really do love each other i really love being with you probably four months into our relationship which was like right the beginning of of covid i remember she was on a she was on on one of her wwe runs and I rented a U-Haul, went to her apartment in Boca, packed it up in the U-Haul. <laughs> she got home. You got a new house. Out. <laughs> yeah. Out. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. that's how me and Ashley knew each other from, not knew each other, but got to see more, much more of one another because she was training in the gym. Right, right. When she, she was home. Her, she calls you a big brother. And I call her my, my sister. In fact, I've got a, a figurine that's in that studio over oh, there. Really? I did, you didn't see that. I'll show you after the podcast. But again, what a inspiration and motivation. And one thing about her, She's amazing with the fans. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. And obviously, I know you are too, but you mentioned also that she rubbed off on a lot of these things, these, whether it's on the fans or whatever else. But nonetheless, I've seen her. But my fans are nothing compared to her fans. She has international, oh. crazy, real fans. And she'll yeah. stay to the last person yeah. too. Yeah, Speak does. to everybody. She, You've seen her, what she was like with my daughter yeah, yesterday. Yeah. Her heart doesn't fit in the room. Man. Yeah. yeah. She's amazing. Is there anything exciting that you're working on right now, Uli, we can talk about? Yeah. So I have a fight coming up. I don't know when this will air, but I got a fight coming up April 4th. That's a title eliminator. I'm fighting in Tampa. I'm going to knock that dude out. And then after that, I'm fighting for the title. In my new promotion, I'm fighting for BYB. Shout out to BYB. Shout out. Those guys are amazing. Made me a great deal. I'm also a commentator and ambassador for the promotion. So I'll be at, at all their fights, even when I'm not fighting, commentating, doing some fighter interviews and stuff like that. So I'm looking forward to winning a title some, somewhere late in 2024. And, uh, man, I'm 42. I'll be 43 in a few weeks. 
I don't know yet. I don't know yet, but maybe the fighting side of my career might be coming to a to a close. Maybe I'll do some. I want to be still involved with the promotion, maybe as fighter president, where I take care of all fighters, anything that has to do with fight with mm -hmm. fighters, and I'll bring fighters over to the promotion, doing whatever I can to to help. But we'll see, cause I still feel good, man. I feel good. I feel healthy. I'm in great shape. I work out every day. I feel good. You can only take so many hits to the head, brother. You know what I mean? And, and you don't know which one is the one that's going to be the damaging one. Yeah. So. And it's bare knuckle. And it's bare knuckle, yeah. Which they say is a lot safer than actually getting hit with gloves because with a glove, you're not getting cut. You're getting pounded in the head 100 times. At least with bare knuckles, you get hit, you're going to get a cut. Fight might be over. Either you get knocked out or they'll, cut, they'll stop it because of cuts. There's, uh, there's data out there saying that, that bare knuckles is actually safer. Shit, I don't know about that, but no, because every fight you're in, you're not in, you're not in wars, right? Being cut right. up and, no, and, and bloodbaths, right? Right. And my style of fighting, my style of fighting, I'm prone to that because I'm not a guy who's hopping around the ring. I'm not running away. I'm in your face, and we're fighting. Yeah, I'm ready to go to the death. You know what I mean? If my nickname is the monster, I like to say I'm only the monster when I get in the ring. And I'm telling you, if you're not, if you're not willing to die in there with me, I'm willing to die. You know what I mm. mean? And I know a lot of people say it sounds cliche. Sounds over the top, but that's what it is, man. Well, once I get in there, we're locked in there, and until it's over, you know, I got to go. I'm going 100 miles an hour. I, I want to talk about the bare knuckle world because you're an incredible athlete in combat sports. You've got amazing record in MMA, amazing record in boxing, but what is it that, that really pulled you in for bare knuckle? What was that? So I had they had offered me, me and bare knuckle, I was originally I originally fought for BKFC. Yep. They had uh, they had reached out to me in 2019. We we're trying to work something out. We didn't come to an agreement because at the end of the day, this is all business. We're all trying to get something out of it. We didn't come to an agreement. Early 2020, before COVID, my first one was February for them. So I fought on BKFC 10. I was one of the pioneers for them. First 10, 10 shows. I've been watching you. Yeah, you were there. And we came to an agreement, fought for them. I fought five five times for them, got the fastest knockout, fought for two world titles on, on that promotion. But back to your question, what, what kept me where, there was, man, I, I think it's like grassroots. I think it's uh, gladiator style. I think it's Romans versus the Greeks, the original fighting style. It's what got me in trouble as a kid a ton of times. I've done this a million times on the streets for free. Not even for free because I had to pay out of pocket a bond out of jail when I did this thing. So now I'm getting paid. Again, I get the notoriety for it. It's putting me in, 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 in amazing positions. It's got me this opportunity here. And now, like I said, I'm part of a new promotion. I'm part of BYB. They've they've really spotlighted me, and I'm trying to help this promotion get to the next level. I think it's a great place to be right now. It is as a fighter, I think Bare Knuckle is a great place to be because, just like UFC was at the beginning, where people were saying it was a human cockfighting, all this, and now look at all the acquisitions just happened. They're they're multi billion dollar business. I think that's what's going to happen with Bare Knuckle, and I'm one of the pioneers. So I would love to be part of a great promotion like I am now that that gets acquired and I'm along for this yeah, big ride. It's certainly blown up because when I was Absolutely. watching yourself fight in the single digits, I went to see R.I.P. Rumble Johnson. That's right. He was, yeah, yeah. one of my boys. Great I friend would, of me. Yeah, great human. Yeah, so. We would go to the Bannacle and he was involved with some something there. Yeah. But yeah. He was there for the three second, second knockout also, yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So he was one of them guys that was like, hey, bro, you've got to come and watch this. This is fucking wild. As if he, what he did wasn't wild, right? But right. he's like, this is incredible. You've got to get come and watch this. And what it is with South Florida and bare, backyard fights and yeah. bare knuckle, that's really the home. 
right. of bare knuckle right. in my eyes anyway yeah. i don't know if you would agree with yeah, that kimbo slice yeah. uh, george masvidal yeah yeah um, we started it yeah but now to see what that conversation happened when it was obviously as part of it and, and rumble talking about all these these bare knuckle fights and they were trying to get sponsors and they were trying to convince people why they should sponsor to know fighting off was growing exponentially but you've got guys like yourself who are representing the sport on and off as good pioneers great pioneers sorry should i say but there's there's something to be said now for your legacy right and even if you was to retire i know you'll be still talked about as one of the pioneers in bare knuckle what is it that gets you still motivated and up in the morning Man, my, like the story we just talked about, my 10-year-old son, man. He lives with me. I wake up every morning, He's and he's on me. He knows this is what I do for a living. Like, <laughs> Dad, the gym. And, and now, because of what he went through, I'm getting him back in shape. I got him you know, I got him working out. So he's got, in a sense, a workout partner for me. And something we touched on in the beginning was the marathon I just ran. I just ran 26.2 miles. I've never trained for it. I actually ran it 10 days after my fight. I fought January 18th. January 28th, I was running in Clearwater Marathon. Before that, two years before that, I ran two half marathons. That's 13 miles. So I ran double that this time. When I got to mile 17 on this marathon, I got to mile 17. And Flex, I'm going to tell you right now. I thought my ankles were, I thought I left them a couple miles behind. I don't know where my legs were. But I swear to God that the only thing I would think about was, I got to mile 17, and I started walking a little bit. That was first time I, the first time I walked, right? And the, the 26 miles, the first, I got to 17, I started walking. And the only thing I would think about was I cannot tell my son that I fucking quit this shit. Here goes with the fucking tears. <laughs> I cannot go back and tell my son that this hurt, and I couldn't fucking finish it. I, I, all I kept thinking was that Dan, I kept looking at I seeing his, his face in my mind. I'm like, there's no fucking way I could tell this kid who just beat cancer. And I was thinking to myself, I ran it January 28th. This time last year, he was going through his pain. We didn't know he had cancer. So I was like, fuck, he was fighting that shit the whole time. Never told anybody. Didn't know shit. Was still playing football and basketball because we didn't know he had cancer. And he didn't complain. I'm like, there's no fucking way. Mm. So I fucking dug deep, man. I just, I ran it. You know, and I just, I finished running it. I got to mile 20. So it's 26.2 miles. I got to mile 24. I walked for three quarters of a mile. Then I ran to 25. And then 25 to 26, I told myself, I was like, there's no fucking way. I'm going to walk past this finish line. You know what I mean? There's <laughs> no way. I kept thinking about my son. I can't tell my son I walked past this finish line. And I got on it, brother. And I fucking... I, I did what I can, and I, and I finished it. I finished it. I did five hours and 16 minutes of running, no training. I, I finished it. I got a medal around my neck, and I got to tell you that 99.9% of the push that I had to finish that was because of my son and because of the battle he just fought. There was no way I could tell him I quit. The other 0.01%, I got to give a shout-out to my boy Tito. He's ran probably four marathons now. He's the guy, he called me probably a week before my fight, and he was telling me that he was going to run this marathon. I go, yeah, send me the link. This is while I'm on the phone with him. So I'm on the phone. He sends me the link. I fucking, I, I apply, I, I buy the marathon. I'm like, all right, come cool. on. Yeah, I sent him. The he's like, you just got it? I go, yeah. He's holy shit. And he's one of his friends. I like to do hard shit. I'm yeah. like, I like David Goggins. I like Watson. I like the don't be a pussy mentality. That's, Intent. I'm intense like that. 
I've always been uh, uh, tough love. I, I like that. But you could tell me, don't be a bitch. Don't do this. And, and that kind of pushes me. I try to I try to do that to like other people. It doesn't really work sometimes with <laughs> other people. I like it. So I like to do hard shit. I actually signed up for another one called the Keys 100. It's a 100-mile race. Me and my boy Tito are doing it together. He's doing 50. I'm doing 50. No way. Yeah, you run from Key Largo all the way to Key West. It's 100 oh. miles. What is that drive, by the way? That's a couple-hour drive, It's right? a, a four-hour drive. Four-hour drive. What so. is that going to take? I'm thinking it'll take us 50, 50 miles, so we could break it up. We could break it up, and we're planning to bring it up like 10, 10, 10, 10. We're trying to figure out how both of us cross the finish line at the same time at the end. But I'm thinking it'll take us uh, fuck, probably almost 24 hours. It'll probably wow. take us yeah, 18, 20 hours, yeah. So what's the purpose for this? Just to test yourself? Just to test myself. I, I want to do hard shit. I want to look back when we're older and when we're gray. And when I can't do shit like this, which hopefully is a long time from now, <laughs> yeah. but not even that. When my kids are grown up and just, and tell them, look, I did that shit. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't how, easy. How, no, and it wasn't easy. And how did you do it? I just fucking said I was going to do it. I told myself and I said it out loud so people could hear me. Mm. So I could put that pressure on myself so I could go out there and I could do it. There was no, I need to train and I'm not ready and I'm this. And every excuse in the book that... That we've all heard, especially you being in a position you've been. I'm sure, man, I want to start working out flex, but I got this and I got that. Mm. Listen, as for me, I do weight training three times a week. I, I wake up at 3.30. I'm at the gym at 4 a.m. Why? People are like, oh, why do you go at 4 a.m.? Because I work out from 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. Then not one person is up. Now, now my phone doesn't even vibrate. I got my shit's in the corner over there, and I don't have to worry about a fucking phone call. Because after 6, 7 in the morning, kids got to go to school. They got to eat breakfast. Shit's calling. And my anxiety gets through the roof, and I can't get a workout in because all I'm thinking about is fucking shit that's XYZ. happening. Yeah, shit that's happening through the day. I need to do a podcast. I need to do this. So I get it done nice and early. And, and again, man, I like to put pressure on myself. I like to do hard shit. Mm. And there'll be a day where I'm sitting back fucking telling stories and i can say i ran 100 miles i ran a marathon i fought fucking bare knuckle i i fastest won the knockout. fastest knockout I'm, I'm bare knuckle champion and I, and i did it all because i said because i just fucking put it in my mind and i went to do it it was like it wasn't anything there's no outlandish story to to, to tell you of how i got there i just went and i did it i woke yeah. up one day i said i was tired of my own shit and i got up and i fucking did what i was supposed to do That's crazy it. right the, <laughs> the, the when you check yourself prioritize your goals separate in the bullshit it's incredible what you can do absolutely truly absolutely and you're like the, the you're yeah. the poster boy for that thank you and i tell people when they ask me like oh what was the change i i tell them i got tired of my own shit i got tired mm. of my own shit and i, I again I, i've always liked to be a realist and and I speak the truth and there was a time in life when i wasn't and and i felt shame and i felt like shit and i've turned that all around i said now when I say something, I, I want, I, I got to do it. I got to do it. I got to do it. And no matter how hard it is, I fucking, I, I got to go out there and do it. What advice would you give to some young kid that's watching this podcast? I was like, man, that's like me. I'm, I'm fucking around with the wrong people. I'm getting sucked into the wrong things, but I know I can achieve greatness. Uh, I, w I always have the same advice for all young people. It's, first off, you got to take the first step in the right direction. Once you take that first step, it's going to give you momentum to keep going. You want to go to the gym? Go to the gym one day, and I promise you after that one day, you're going to go to second, third, fourth, fifth, or sixth day. Mm -hmm. And most important thing to me, the key to everything is consistency. Stay consistent with, with what you're doing. We're all human. We all have our off days. But if you stay consistent as much as possible, you're going to get... So everything, whenever you start something, whether it's fighting, whether it's training, bodybuilding, wh whatever it is, any job, it, it doesn't have to be in a sport. The beginning is always hard. It's always hard. You're always trying to figure shit out. The beginning is always hard. 
But then you get to a place where you start figuring things out and things get easy. And your hard days are always behind you. And again, life is life. You might bump into a hard day here or there. Mm-hmm. But the majority of the time after after that, it's going to be very easy. Very easy. It's just stay consistent. And that's what, that's what I've noticed is the key in life to being successful at, at anything in life. Whether it's if you want to be famous or you just want to be successful in any job that you do, is to be consistent. Wake up every day. Have your routine. Put that first step, first foot in front of the other, and, and just go. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Having a routine, as you mentioned, having that that schedule, consistency, and also a demand right. for from yourself. Because if you don't have a demand from yourself, then yeah, it's e- yeah, absolutely. It's easy to fall off off the path. Even for me, in the last several months, I've lost a little bit of a stride. Nobody would know, but I know. And I demand now, especially in this last month and a half, I demand the best version of myself. And it's crazy, just as I mentioned earlier, how all these other opportunities start trickling in. And then you start getting motivated. And then you start homing in more. But one thing I do want to mention before we land the plane, because we've come up to an hour on the podcast, is one of my my, people say it's crazy, but I love the movie, Den of Thieves. Okay. (laughs) And and there's a scene on there, for every who doesn't know, it's... Uh, a film that has got bank robberies in it and these guys uh, I just loved I love the film cent, Gerard 50 Butler. Cent, yeah. you ch- are you Scottish? Welsh Welsh oh that's yes. right you're Welsh that's right because uh, Gerard Butler is uh, Scottish yeah we have to sorry I wanted to mention this because I was watching this film for the first time and uh, I don't know if I was in a it was somewhere where I couldn't stop the fucking thing but I was like hold on a minute I swear Uli is in my favourite <laughs> scene of the whole yeah. movie yeah how did that come about? So talk about that scene real quick. You have a daughter. So that's, yeah, like, a, that's well, like a perfect yes. scene if you have a daughter. Right? I fucking right, love that right, scene. Right, right. We could describe the scene if you want. But So my boxing coach is really great friends with Christian Gudegas, who's the director for that movie. I met Christian. Me and Christian are great friends right now because yeah. of that movie. He was up there. Had my first fight coming up. This was January 2017. He goes, hey, come up to Atlanta. We're filming this movie. I want you to be part of the movie and we'll mm. train up here. Like, fuck it. This is at the time where I told you I I, I turned my phone off. I don't want to... I, yeah. I, I'm not talking to anybody. Flew to Atlanta. It was a great opportunity, too. He introduced me to the guy. Again, at that time, I was 225. I was fucking cock diesel, straight you muscle. You fucking big, bro. Yeah. So that guy goes, hey, I want you to be an extra in my movie. And I was like, great. And and that scene came about. It was perfect, man. Yeah. If you blink, you miss me, but I'm in it. No, I make sure I watch it every fucking time. I've sent that scene to so many of my friends, yeah. especially who have girls, yeah, right? Yeah, because they made a meme now saying, when your girl, when, yeah. you, when your daughter starts dating. So 50 Cent, the scene is 50 Cent's daughter is going to the prom. Right. And he got this kind of kid with a little bit of swag. He's probably cool in school, right? Let me haul at you for a second. And he takes this kid who's just about to take his daughter to the prom right. into his garage where Uli's there. The oh my God, all yeah. the goons are training yeah. and they scare the shit out of him. Yeah. And then when the door closes, that, that scene, I go into live in my head when my daughter <laughs> is in that situation yeah. and all you guys then crack up because yeah. it was all kind of front, right? Yeah. No, yeah, exactly. But yeah. again, another feather to your heart, one of many. Yeah. Before you, we finish and land, this, land the plane on the podcast, anything you want to shout out or, or speak about that we yeah, have? No, and just real quick, I want to touch on something that you said, man, that I'm a guy who I, I use a lot of motivation, motivational speeches, two things, but motivation only lasts a long time. You need discipline to keep it going. So you can use motivation to get you started, but make sure you got the discipline to keep going. Shout out, man. Shout out to you for sure. Love you, brother. Shout yeah. out to my wife, Ashley. I love you, babe. My family, my son, Junior, Caleb. Shout out to Fish Street Gym. And shout out to all my sponsors. You guys could look on Instagram, see all my sponsors. You guys are behind me, a thousand percent. AMG, 
and a, a, a ton of others, man. A shout out to Celebrities Fight. Thank you for the opportunity yesterday. It was amazing to do what we did for the vets. That that we, if it wasn't for them, we would be we wouldn't be able to do what we do. They take care of us while we're sleeping. So, Absolutely, so it's amazing, man. Um, thank you so much for this opportunity, man. It's been amazing, man. As I said, I love you too. Incredible story. I just wanted to, to for for the viewers here who may know you, see you again from the highlight reels or even the fucking movie. Now they get to hear a story right. of, of what created the man that sits in front of me, mate. And I love people who have been able to change the trajectory of their life, sit in front of me and talk about their failures as well as the successes. And once you change that trajectory and the mindset change, I know I've said this is sense redundant, but it truly is amazing what you can achieve in life. And right. you're that testimony and... I'm just excited to see what's to come from Uli. There's so many things that that you're passionate about. We've already mentioned them, but there's so many other things now that you're working on that we, we'll talk about on a second podcast that right. I'm blown away and pumped about to see you now enter in these new chapters from everything we've spoken about and much more. As I said, if there's nothing else to, to say, I'm fucking honored to have you here and... Honor's all mine, brother. Thank you, man. Thank of course. You. Yeah, absolutely. And we will most definitely will be playing each other, hopefully playing on the same team. Yeah. Whenever uh, we have. Yeah, we're gonna, we're, I got to talk to Lisa. I got to put us on the same yeah, team. Yeah, because when we were talking <laughs> shit, I messaged him when I found out we were going to be competing in, in the, the game. Sorry, playing in the game. And then I said, listen, bro, hopefully we're on the same team. But if we're not, <laughs> we are my enemy. Yeah, yeah. We're my enemy. We had a little shit talk yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as I said off air, there's only, there's only so much I feel I can talk shit yeah, to you yeah. on. <laughs> then, then, then he walks off flicking me off. <laughs> yeah, but there was a door that I closed behind me. <laughs> my guy, I appreciate you. I love you. I love Ashley. And, and I'm so honored to hear this story and, and tell all my fans. We're going to have you back in the future. We're going to do some stuff, obviously, in the gym. We'll, we'll do some stuff. But we're going to wish you all the very best for your upcoming fight and then seeing you with that title, that strap around your shoulder is, is going to happen. A lot of attraction and one thing nobody can ever knock you on, you're a man of your word and you will accomplish this. It's going to happen. Thank you very much again for the opportunity to be able to tell my story. Again, your family, brother. Thank you, man. Thank my you, man. Yes, sir. And this is just the beginning, man. Many, much more to come. Just the beginning. From me and the monster, right. we are out.